I want to I wanna start uh, with us just focusing on a verse of Scripture, okay? I just want us to all just stare at it, because sometimes I'll like read a Scripture, and then I'm real quick to explain it, and it's like, you know what? I really want God's words to stand above mine. Like this came straight from him. I'm not messing it up. I'm not explaining it. I just want you to read it and just soak it in. So we're going to throw it on the screen. It's Matthew 13, verse 44. Oh God, help us to treasure you that much. God, open our eyes. Lord, I just, I love too many things sometimes. God, help us to treasure you that much in your kingdom as we talk about the kingdom of heaven being your children. Open our eyes to just how wonderful that is. God, some of us grew up in church, so we hear these phrases for so many years, they, they just lose their meaning, their worth. But right now, God, I pray that you again would just shock us. Like, are you kidding me? We could have you, we could be called son, daughter, of the creator, we could be forgiven of everything. In all of your gospel again, that the creator of all things watched his son suffer on a cross for me. And I can know that God, and I can know his son and be one with him. Where do I sign up? What do I have to give up? I don't even care because you are that wonderful, that good. Remind us of your goodness this morning, how great your kingdom is so that everything else just seems silly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, last week, Dave read the story of the rich young ruler, you know, the guy that wanted to follow Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, I, I want the kingdom of heaven. What do, what do I got to do? And Jesus says to him, well, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the guy was shocked by that. And he just walked away sad. And Jesus just looks like, oh, it's so hard for the rich. Because, because that guy was thinking, oh man, I, I want the kingdom, I want Jesus, but, but he went away sad because he, he goes, because he had a lot of stuff. He goes, man, everything? You want me to give up all of this? He's like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. I, I don't, I, you know, all of my stuff, I'm still young. I'm in charge of all of this stuff. I have all this stuff, and I don't know. I mean, I want you. I want you, Jesus, but, and he just goes away sad. And then you contrast it to this parable of this guy that sees this treasure in a field so big, so great that he just covers it all up. And, and he goes to the guy, he goes, look, I want that field. I want that field. I'll give you everything, like joyfully, like, please take everything I own. Take everything I own. Just give me that field. Just give it to me. You see the contrast? There's one guy that, that's looking at the kingdom of heaven and going, I don't know, I've got a lot of stuff. And there's the other guy that's going, just give it to me. Just give it to me. I'll pay any price. And it's not like that he's like, oh, trying to figure out. It says with joy. So one guy is sad. One guy is thrilled. 
One guy's kind of measuring, is this worth it? And the other guy's like fanatic, obsessed, like, I can't believe I can have this. I cannot believe I could have this field. I will do whatever it takes. This field is that awesome. So my question for you this morning is, who do you more resemble? Just think about yourself and go, which guy do you look like? See, last week when we were done speaking, I had a couple, a few of you came up and, and a lot of the same questions, which made me think, okay, maybe I wasn't so clear or this or that, but, but, but one of the questions that came up from a few of you is, so what are you saying? Do I need to quit my job? Do I need to sell everything? Do I have to quit my job? Do I have to sell everything? You know, you, you talk about this race for the bottom and this, this servant thing. Does that mean I shouldn't work a job? Does it mean I should just live in a tent? Should I, you know, should I live in the street? Should I just give everything away to the poor? And my answer, you know, to some of you was, well, first of all, not necessarily. Maybe. I don't know. You, you just have to think what's best for the kingdom of God. As long as you're seeking first the kingdom of God and thinking, okay, what, if, if, if we're trying to reach the world and make Jesus famous, okay, how, how do I fit in that? Because for some of us, it would be wrong for you to quit your job. You know, you think through the kingdom and go, gosh, the best thing you could do is I, I don't know if you necessarily would be the best one to go overseas, but you are making so much money, you could support like 100 missionaries. It's just, are you thinking through kingdom? And there's nothing wrong in making a lot of money. In fact, some of you should make more money. You know? It's like you're not being faithful to the gift you've been given. But the question is, is how much of that money are you spending on yourself? Just because you make a ton doesn't mean you're supposed to spend a ton on yourself. It's like, man, I'm thinking through the kingdom. I'm thinking, you know what? I have this opportunity, and why would I go to India if I could, if I could sponsor, you know, a thousand, literally, missionaries? I could pay for them full time if I just live simply and live my... I think this is best for the kingdom. As long as you're really seeking his kingdom and not your own. You're, it's, just, it's just thinking this through. What, God, what did you make me for? Because I want to fulfill that. I want to do that. Man, there was a time when, when I did, we, you know, my family, we, we left, we, we went to India, Thailand, and we're sitting in this orphanage in Thailand, and, and I'm so happy. I'm like thrilled. We, we were there for like a month, and I'm watching my kids wake up, and they're helping these, these orphans or these kids that have been sex trafficked that, that we've rescued, or we're building playgrounds, and this, and this, and this, and I'm going, man, this is so cool, but I, I started to just think through me. God, this is awesome. I love this, but why did you make me? Am I supposed, you know, did you make me to be in Thailand? Because I'm happy here. I actually like it more. Okay? But what did you make me for? I don't even speak Thai. You know? <laughs> it's like, why, is this really where I'm supposed to be? And is this the best use of me for your kingdom? Because it's not about me, God. I think I'd be happier here. I think I enjoy this more, but I just think through, God, what did you make me for? 
because I want to use it. I want to be used up. I want to be spent. I want to be emptied, just like Jesus was. Um, so my first answer, do I have to quit my job, sell everything? No, not necessarily. Maybe um, do what's best for the kingdom. But my other answer is this. Do I have to quit my job? Do I have to sell everything? Have to. Have to? If everything in your, your faith is about have to versus get to, then I got to ask, man, I, you got to pray for your heart. Okay, because it's that want of, are you kidding me? Okay, you can give me that feel. Like, I want that, I want that, I want that. Versus, I have to sell everything to follow. You, you see the difference? It's that heart attitude. It's like, how great, how beautiful is the kingdom to you that you go, I get to do that. I was talking to Dave, you know, this week. We're praying together, working the lesson together, which I just got to say, I love Dave. I love David Lomas, okay? Can I just say that publicly? I just love him, okay? Good, good. You should love him, okay? But, you know, we're just praying, talking about stuff, and then, you know, we were just talking about this have to versus get to, and, 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 and he, he was just talking about, he goes, man, I, I want them to get that. Like, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if he would say this, but, but David, he, you know, he, 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 before he came here, he had this vision of this, you know, this body in San Francisco. And so he sold his house and cashed out his retirement and quit his job. But it wasn't like, oh, look at this. It was like, are you kidding me? Okay, okay, okay. I, can, I can actually maybe lead a, the body of Christ in, in San Francisco in a, in a new way. Oh, okay, you know what? Come on. Actually, let's just sell the house. Let's just drain the savings. Let's just, let's just quit the job. Let's just go for it because that'd be so awesome because this would be so much better. You know, it's, it's just this desire like I get to do this. You've got to be kidding me. And, and, and what happens for those of us who get the kingdom of God is Jesus himself. You look at Jesus and the life that he lived on earth and you go, wow, that was awesome. God, Jesus is so incredibly beautiful. So he had all the riches of heaven. He had all of that, and he emptied himself, and he took the form of a man, took the form of a servant, and made himself obedient to death, and death on a cross. Like, he had that type of self-control, and all he did was just give, give, empty himself, and then you lifted him up forever and ever and ever. Like, you, you look at that and go, God, I want to be like that. God, that is so beautiful. I'm not that. God, I, I'm self-centered. I'm all about me. I just think about me. And he just thought about others. And he was strong enough to let people abuse him, spit on him. Like, God, I want to be that loving. I want to care that little about this temporary life. Like, that's so beautiful to me. God, I, if I could be like Jesus by the end of my life, that would be awesome. That's why, like, I shared about that village in China where the whole time I'm there, I'm like, God, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to be, that selfless person, that Christ-like person that's just constantly giving to others. Like, that's beautiful to me. That's a beautiful kingdom to me. 
that takes some strength. That takes some courage. That takes some like unbelievable love. God, that's what I want to be though. See, it becomes attractive. And you go, God, I would love to be like Jesus. I pray that I could be that beautiful. And that's what the early believers did. They were in this pursuit of Christ-likeness. They're like, okay, Jesus emptied himself. He made himself nothing. He gave, just emptied himself for others. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I want to do that. And then what happens, the Bible says, is the people in the world started calling them Christians. It's like, you guys are like Christ. We're going to call you Christians. Ha ha, you're a Christian. Like that was almost, like it wasn't they themselves like, hey, we are the fragrance of Christ. No, it was the world. The world looked on and goes, oh man, you guys are like Christ. You just give everything over. You're selling your possessions, caring for, we're going to call you little Christs. See, that's the way it all started. It was their lifestyle, the way they lived, that they were seeing Jesus as so beautiful that they just, they strove to be like Jesus. They saw it as a beautiful thing because that's his kingdom. I want to reread another passage um, that we looked at last week. It's Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So don't don't, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. See, I want my heart to be in heaven. It's not always there. I want to long. In fact, this week, how many times did you long for heaven this week? See, I, I want to be this person that's not thinking about this, just this. I want to, you know, that's, that's, that's who we are as believers. That's our identity. We long for his return. Come, Lord Jesus. I want your new kingdom. I, I want the new heaven, the new earth where you're right here. And we're rewarded for all the suffering that we went through and everything else. And there's, it's just going to be right. God, I long for that, long for that, long for that. I want my heart to be like that. And what Jesus says is, well, if you want your heart to be like that, he goes, then put your treasure there. It's, it's no different than some of you invest uh, for retirement. Maybe you put a fortune away for retirement. So you're thinking, man, when I'm 65, when I'm 65, I'm going to have such a blast. 
I mean, that's your choice. You can do that, you know, but it's, it's this whole thing of I can't wait to get there. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to golf if my back still is okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're just looking for, why? Because you've put a treasure there. And so you look forward to it. Jesus is saying, don't, don't put all this treasure on this earth because you'll just start anticipating it too much. You'll long for it. I, I was at a, a friend's house um, this week in Malibu, and it was like my dream house. Like it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I just thought to myself, I, I couldn't live here. If I lived here, I wouldn't want to leave. You know? Like, like I, I don't want that. I, I, I don't want my heart. Because if I got, I'd, I'd be so looking forward to moving into that place and having friends over and everything else. That that's where my heart would be. So there's things that it's almost like when he says, hey, don't lay up treasures for an earth. Because what it's going to do is it'll make you attached to the earth. But start giving stuff away, and you'll start getting attached to, oh, I can't wait to die. I have so much waiting for me. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Rather than, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, you know, because everything's here, and I got, I got a great future coming. It's just like, no, no, no. This is going to be awesome. Um, I'm anticipating, anticipating it. You know, so it's, so while there's this desire there's also this, what I see in here is some discipline where you go, okay, you know what? I want my heart there, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop getting stuff for me. My wife and I, early on, you know, we, we started a church. Um, this was like 23 years ago, and, and uh, I was, same thing. It was like this excitement of, I'm going to quit my job, and uh, we're just going to live off of nothing. And, you know, it was just, but the body of Christ this is so beautiful. It's so good. Let's just make it happen. Well, what happened is the church started growing. And the income to the church started getting bigger and bigger. And I was just like, honey, I want to stay focused on eternity. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, just, I, I want to sacrifice for the king. Like, that's attractive to me. Let's just, let's just limit our salary. I mean, just because the church grows doesn't mean our income should grow. I go, we're happy right now. Look, we're making 3000 a month. We're good. We're good. The Bible talks about being content. Let's just say we'll never take a raise. You know, oh, something crazy, crazy happens. But let's just, let's just do that and see if God provides. And so even as the church started bringing in millions of dollars every year, we're like, we're good. This is cool. This is good because I don't want to just love this stuff because I know me. I know how I get. I know how I love to play. I know how I love to eat. I know all of these things. And it's just going to get me focused on this, the here and now. And pretty soon my life will look nothing like Jesus. And I know how I justify things. Well, God would want me. I know how I do this. <laughs> so let's just, let's discipline ourselves so that we stay focused. And then uh, as some of you guys know, I, I, I wrote a book. I wrote a book, and I ended up writing. I became a writer like a few years ago, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. And, and, and I mean, for some of you who don't know who I am, I'm a pretty big deal, um, okay? Okay, so those of you guys that are visiting or 
You're just like, oh, just another speaker. No, no. Okay. So I start writing, right? And uh, this, uh, my, uh, my publishers or whatever, at this first book, I mean, it was just like, whatever. I, I just felt like being faithful to God. And, and they're like, money's going to start coming in. And I thought, oh, no. You know, like, what are we going to do? You know, money's going to come in. They go, no, 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 like big money. We're looking at the projections of this book, and it looks like big money. And I'm like, honey, I don't trust myself. Okay, people go, oh, why'd you give it all away? It's not because I was so godly. It's because I'm not godly, you know? And I know how much I like stuff. And I know, and I, I even told her, I go, honey, look, let's say we end up making millions of dollars on this. I know I'll just end up spending s s money on things I'll regret that I'll look back on in life. Because someone taught me, make your decisions in hindsight. Because we always make better decisions in hindsight. So imagine yourself at the end of your life and looking back and going, oh, I should have, I should have, I should have. And, and I go, if we keep this money, I know I will buy things that we don't need and that don't last. But if we give it away, if we give it all away, if we just sign it over right now, then I can't touch it. And then it all goes to eternal things and we'll have it forever and ever and ever. That's what he's talking about here. And so we just really, you know, it's like, okay, we're signing it all over. We're giving it all over. We're donating everything. Everything goes, you know, to this, this charitable gift fund. I don't want to touch it. I, I want to be able to just give it all away so it goes in this fund where everything goes away. And, 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 and there are days um, when you go, gosh, what could we have bought? Um, okay, and even last night, okay, so last night, <laughs> I just typed in houses on Maui, just to see, I don't know, almost to irritate myself, like what I could have bought, you know, I'm calculating, because I, I think I made about six, seven million dollars in the last few years, it's pretty good, huh? and, uh, and I'm just thinking, okay, what could I have bought, and I'm just looking at these houses, like, dang, you know, like, looking at all of them, like, Oh, 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 just, you know, but then afterwards I go, but what did we buy instead of that, you know, and, and I, I start thinking, I go, okay, imagine, I go, but, I go, but instead, I'm, you know, this is all in my head, I'm all alone, just thinking, <laughs> I could, what I could do right now is just fly my family to Zimbabwe and go, look at this medical clinic, let's just watch people come out of it, how's your arm? cool. You know, just like, and go, we built that, you know, and then, then to go, you know, let's just go to India and just watch people drinking out of a well. That's ours. You know, like the joy of that. Man, I remember the first time I went to Uganda and saw this uh, school building that, 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 that was built, and, uh, and all these kids, you know, in their uniforms and singing songs to God, and the teacher, you know, I was just sneaking back, just one of those moments of, let me see what happened here, what happened here, and to see, you know, the teacher stops the class, and, and, and she makes all the kids turn around, go, everyone, turn around. Look at that man, you know, and I, that's not what I was wanting. But she goes, all of you are sponsored by someone in his church. And all these kids stand up and start clapping and screaming. And I just start crying like, what could be better than this? What could be better than this? 
I think, man, I, I, I could fly to, to Ethiopia right now and just watch a, you know, a feeding program or where, where these kids that, that just have days to live are being fed and nursed back to health. I can go to Thailand and, and, and watch this home for, for, for uh, people who've been trafficked and, and them going there and having this refuge now. And I start comparing like, okay, yeah, there's that house in Maui or there's a Ferrari, but you compare it to this? Are you kidding me? I mean, have you ever fed a kid that wasn't going to eat? And, and, and the, 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 the like rush of that and go, man, I did something. I helped. I rescued. And, and, and for my kids to come and go, look at this. Look at this. Look what we got to do. The kingdom of heaven is so much more beautiful than the stuff of this earth. Okay? And so... We're not talking about, oh, so do I have to sell? I'm like, oh, man, this is the life that's truly life that the Bible talks about. This is the kingdom of heaven to know at the end of your life, wow, I really spent everything. I gave it all away. I was even misunderstood. I was this, that, whatever. But I became like Christ. I became like Jesus. You see, I... My prayer for you is not, oh, God, help them to love stuff less. My prayer for this morning was, God, I just pray they get a picture of you and your kingdom that's so beautiful. It's about loving him more. It's about loving people more. It's not just loving stuff less. That'll happen when you compare your stuff to these people and you see their faces and you go, oh. And then you think about Christ and his kingdom and his glory in the future. And it's like, oh, he's always the giver. He's going to make sure he's always the one that's the giver. And then you look back in life and go, man, that was an awesome, awesome life. God, the way you took care of us, you're right. It was way more blessed to give than to receive. It's trusting his words and going, that's the kingdom I want to be a part of. See, that's what we're going to be known for. It's like, ah, oh, the stuff on the earth... I, would I like a Ferrari? Sure. You know, would it be cool to leave here in that? Yeah, that'd be fun. But you compare it to the stuff we get to do and the people we can become like. So it's like, gosh, compared to being like Jesus, man, I'll give that away any day. You know, this week I, uh, I told Dave, I go, let me speak first. And here's why is I... I believe that God has called Dave and the pastors here to, to lead Reality Church into something new. Um, I don't want to overstate things. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that coming into this little two-week thing. I just thought, um, okay, I'll speak two weeks. I, I miss reality. I haven't been here in a while. Let me, let me go back. And then in the midst of this, I just feel like God's doing something much deeper than just a couple of sermons that it, I don't want to, again, overstate, but I believe the Lord's wanting a, a shift to happen uh, where it's this fanatic attitude towards the kingdom that just all the stuff and our positions and our coolness and our appearance and whatever else is like, ugh, I just want to be insanely focused on being Christ-like. And so I wanted to pray for you, but I wanted to pray for Dave even before he comes up because it's more than closing up a message. It's about leading reality into the future 
of becoming more Christ-like, and, I, and that's a huge, huge thing. So let me, let me pray for you. Let me pray for Dave as he comes up. Father, I thank you for this church that you have created. I thank you that my friend Dave got to experience this and sacrifice so that he could see something so much better than a house or retirement or whatever. It's like your body. And God, now I pray for us in this room, Lord, that we don't just come to a service, but we'd be like that man who got your kingdom and just nothing else mattered anymore. I just had to have it, just had to have Jesus. So give him wisdom way beyond his years, courage, Help them to speak for you and not be affected by people who, who will try to turn him or influence him. But may he have such a direct connection with you and enjoy you so much that he would never be stained by this world. And use him and the pastors here to lead reality into such a gorgeous, gorgeous bride. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Um, what Francis didn't mention about my story is that I'm from Bakersfield, so that changes everything probably for you. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, this, is, uh, this has been the point of these last two weeks of Francis and I on the screen. Um, this world is not all that matters. This is what we want you to get. This is what the leaders in our church want you to get and to understand. This world is not all that matters. And I know that this hits uh, at different places in this room. Some of this, that sentence is a great comfort to you. So when you hear this, you may have recently lost someone and uh, you've buried them in the ground ashes to ashes and dust to dust, and as you release them into heaven, into God's reality as they died in Christ, it seems that now more of your life is where they are in heaven than here on earth. And this world has lost some of its gravity because of that, some of its pull. Or you've just been beaten up by this world even over the last couple months, and you've been so beat up by it, this earth has lost its, 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 its glitz and glamour to you. So you hear this sentence, it's a, that's a great comfort to you. Others hear that statement and it's untimely for you, maybe even a bit frustrating because you are on your way up. Uh, in your career, your life is upwardly mobile right now, and you would rather say, I would like you to say, I want, I want this church to suck all the marrow out of life as a Christian and enjoy the good of God as you are doing all of your work to the glory of God. That's what you want me to say. And that's easy enough to say. Um, I don't think there would be a single person probably in this whole city that would disagree with that same statement, but in order to say that, we have to jump over or grab scissors and cut out a lot of what Jesus taught in the New Testament or the posture of the New Testament writers. Others might be scandalized by that statement because you think that statements like that are why Christianity is so irrelevant today. Like it's, it's, the, it's that kind of stuff that Christians say that makes Christianity so irrelevant. Like a whole group of people who are being taught not to care for this earth that we have done so much to destroy already. That is a scandal. But it's at that point where I think that the church needs nuance. 
Because if anything, Christians should be leading the way in what it means to be good stewards of this earth, whether it's creation care, environmentalism, whatever you want to call it. Because we believe that we're created by God and a part of God's given duty for us, our vocation is to care for creation and not exploit it. So yes, you should recycle. Duh, that's so dumb. Of course you should. But not just your trash, like your stuff, like your clothes and your furniture and your money and your ideas. Give it to people who need them. And that doesn't make you a hippie. Recycling does not make you a hippie. Like not showering and wearing patchouli makes you a hippie. That doesn't, recycling doesn't make you a hippie. But this fact remains, like this world is not all that matters. And I confess that this subject matter and the implications of this are heavy. They're heavy for me. They're heavy for this church. Most of us, um, and I'm, I'm included in this, can tend to live life on earth like this earth is all that matters. Where I think I have, I have to have it all now. I want it all now. I have to have all my pleasure now. I have to have all my sex now, all my stuff now, all my love now, all my experiences now, all my money, all my rewards now on this earth. I have to have them here. In C.S. Lewis's masterful first chapter of The Weight of Glory, I wish you would all go home and read this, just, this, just the first chapter. He's trying to get his audience to detach from thinking this earth is all that matters. And he's done this through beautiful eloquence, only like, like only C.S. Lewis can do. He pulls out every literary stop that he knows. Persuasion, beauty, exhortation, poetry, romance, the human experience, the truth of it all, the ultimate truth of it all. And it hits you right between the eyes. And then he say, at one point he says this. It's on the screen. He says right in the middle, do you think I'm trying to weave a spell? Do you think I'm trying to weave a spell? Perhaps I am. But remember your fairy tales. Okay, only C.S. Lewis can say remember your fairy tales. <laughs> he says, am I trying to get a, put a spell on you? Perhaps I am. But remember your fairy tales. Spells are used for breaking enchantments as well as for inducing them. And you and I have need of the strongest spell that can be found to wake us from the evil enchantment of worldliness, which has been laid upon us for nearly a hundred years. All our modern philosophies have been devised to conceive, to conceive, uh, convince us that the good of man is to be found on this earth. He is saying, do you think I'm, I'm using all of this poetic language and all this beauty and all this, all these things he's doing in his writing to like, to to cast a spell on you. He goes, yeah, maybe I am, but you need a spell to break you from the enchantment, to, that, to try to persuade you, to convince you of heaven, to make you feel heaven, to make you want heaven. And is that a spell? Yes, it is a spell. But we've been so entranced by this world. We've been so en entranced by the American dream. We've been so entranced by our stuff. And we're like, it's, our stuff is more important than anything, and we need things to hit us right between the eyes, like right in the face, and make our eyes water so we can see clearly. We need that sometimes, and it is a spell. Um, it's, the, it's the gospel. Our, our, actually, our English word, our old English word, gospel, comes from two words, good spell. Spell is a verbal, like verbal news considered as having magical force. And they would call the gospel of Jesus good spell. It was a good spell. That's where our English word gospel comes from. It's the good spell of Jesus Christ. And Lewis is saying that we need this good spell to break the evil enchantment of worldliness. And sometimes that truth hits us right in the nose and it, and it hurts us. But we need it. We need to be woken up from our $5 toast comas. And, our, and, we're told, and we need to be told there's more than this. There is more than this. There is more than what you're going after. There is more than what you're trying to do. There is more. 
there is more in this world, and there's more than this world. So Jesus says this great parable, actually two parables. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in, hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Because he found this treasure. He's like, this treasure is so good. And so he goes and buys, sells everything he has and enjoy does it. Again, a kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven. Heaven is like that. First, no, notice this. This is important. No one tells the farmer or the merchant to do anything. No one tells them to do anything. No one says, oh, you found that thing. You better sell everything you have and to, to, to get that. No one, no one tells them anything. No one says, you better buy this or else. They don't say, you better sell everything or else. You see, the gem, the, the treasure is worth it. And they know it's worth it. They knew what they had found. And they knew what they found is worth so much more than what they had. So it was the treasure itself that, that said, oh, you, you should. They just knew intuitively once they saw the treasure, that's way more than what I have. And that's way better than what I have. And no one needs to tell me to do anything. I'm going to do this. And it says, out of joy. See, they were convinced of the value and the beauty and the security and the worth of the gems. And they were willing to give up anything to get this treasure. But also the word sacrifice is never used. Notice that. The selling of everything they had, liquidating all their assets, was no sacrifice. What, the, what Jesus is saying here in this parable is that it was actually smart business. It was a good investment. And they knew that. The, the merchant with the pearls knew what he had. When he found this pearl, he's like, oh, this is the most costly pearl I've ever seen. And I need to sell everything I have to buy this pearl. Because this, if I have this pearl, it'll set me for the rest of my life. I know a good investment when I see one. Where the farmer was out and he finds this treasure and he's like, this is worth more than everything I have. It's worth, this is worth it. And it's no sacrifice. It's a joy and it's smart to do it. It makes sense to do it. So the word sacrifice is not used, but joy is. In his joy, he went and sold all he had. Now don't write this off because if it's true, it's saying that finding the kingdom of heaven feels like finding a treasure that you will joyfully give up everything you own to get it. This is what it's saying. It's like the kingdom of heaven kind of feels like this. Once you find it, you will give up everything that you have or will have to obtain it. The kingdom of heaven is like that. And the beauty of God's kingdom is like that. And this is the point where you ask, like Francis asked earlier, does this mean I can't own a bed or a home or a car? Do I have to give up everything everything up and like be in vocational ministry? Do I have to sell everything, cash on my tire and move to a city and plan it? Like, do I have to be in vocational ministry? And I would just ask you, do you just please try to see what this parable is trying to do. It's not telling you to give up your stuff. No one, I'm, I'm not trying to take your stuff. This church is not trying to take your stuff. No one's trying to take your stuff. It's trying to ask you the question. It's trying to ask you the question, is what you're holding on to worth it? Is your stuff more valuable than this stuff? Is your stuff more valuable than God's stuff? It's just asking you the question. Do you see the beauty of God's heaven? Do you see the beauty of God's reality? Do you see that beauty? That's what it's asking you. Do you see the kingdom of heaven as a better investment and then what you're investing in? Do you see the kingdom of heaven as a more joyful experience than what you're trying to find joy in? Do you see the kingdom of heaven as a true fulfillment of all of your earthly desires? Yes. 
That's what it's asking you. Do you see that? But we desire a lot in this world. I mean, I do. Francis admitted it. I think that most of us in, in San Francisco, Epicurean San Franciscans, love, they, we desire a lot of stuff. There isn't anyone, every, anyone's building anything, even the, the stupidest thing that you're building, you're like, it's going to change the world. And everyone you tell that to is like, dude, that's not going to change the world. You're like, but you're convinced it's going to change the world. <laughs> we have a lot of desire. We do want to change the world. We want, we want to change the world. We want to experience the world. We want to do it. I, I meet someone every single week that takes a year off to go travel somewhere in the world. We just want to see the world. We want this. And I know there's a part of this where you're kind of going, but see, I would, I, I would, follow, I would follow Christ, truly follow Christ. But I, I, I have a lot of things I want to do. I have a lot of desires. C.S. Lewis in Weight of Glory says, it's ac- actually you don't. You, it's not that you desire a lot. It's actually your desires are actually weak. He, he would flip the script on you and go, you don't desire too much. You desire too little. Your desires aren't too strong. They're too weak. He, would say, he says, maybe you're actually just a half-hearted creature fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to you. Maybe... Maybe you just are, are happy to get a reservation at a restaurant you can't get a reservation at and have a good cocktail. Maybe, that, maybe that's, your joy is so small and so stupid that, that just, that's what makes you happy. Maybe you desire too little, not too much. Maybe God could, could open up your heart and expand your heart to have infinite joy to where this world, like, you become really open-handed. Like, the kingdom of God is worth so much more than that thing. Jesus, Jesus, in seek first the, 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 um, the kingdom of God, that, that passage in the Sermon on the Mount, and put your treasure in heaven. He seems to want to do, and this, I think this is really important, he doesn't want us to say, I won't desire anything. He wants us to desire the right things, the things that truly matter, the things that truly last. And I think we fool around with stuff and we try to get our joy from certain things, and they never really bring us joy. And there's hints and glimpses of joy inside that thing, but we're always left like shocked or traumatized on how they don't bring us what we want. And Jesus is like, I want you to desire, and I want you to want, but I want you to want the right things. And I want you to see that my kingdom is better. See, this parable is trying to do what we sing in that hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what this parable is trying to do. Do you see Christ in his kingdom? And do you see it, and does everything else pale in comparison? Where you become open-handed with your life and all of your stuff, and all of your dreams and all of your ambitions, and you submit them to God and go, God, your kingdom first. Your kingdom first. May that be in this church. And what happens? What happens is when, well, first of all, what happens is when, um, when Francis gives an exhortation like he did, a lot of us, believe me, me, I'm like, no one, could, I can't live up to that. And it's hard to do. That's why, that's why I love him so much. Because he just, he just gets under your skin and he challenges you. And you're like, but what, I can't. And the question is, why not? What if, what if we had a whole church of people that go, I'm, 
I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to try to live into the kingdom of God and, and filter all my decisions through God. What, what do you want for your kingdom? How can I use my house and my money and my friends and my marriage for your kingdom? If we had a whole church like that, that would be the most beautiful thing. The most beautiful thing that anyone's ever witnessed. Ever. Because it'll be heaven on earth. Literally heaven on earth. And this is all Jesus is trying to get at. He's trying to say, if, if, you, if you live for my kingdom, my kingdom will break in on earth. But when you're seeking your kingdom, my kingdom can't break in. It can't come in because you're living for yourself. But when you're living for heaven, it like heaven comes down. Heaven breaks in. And when we live in a posture towards God's reality, God's heaven, God's truth, God's kingdom, God's way of living, heaven breaks in. And it breaks into our church. And it breaks into San Francisco. And it breaks into California. And it breaks into our world. And this is Christ's desire for his church. I know this is Christ's desire for this church. Let's pray. Thank you. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is your great desire. And your desire is that we would not, we would stop fooling around with our little treasures when you have infinite joy in store for us. I ask God right now for those who are still skeptical about believing this thing, I pray they would press into this, at least think about it. I pray for the person who's like, I want this, I just don't even know where to start. I don't know how to start. I don't know whether it starts by emptying everything out. I don't know if it starts by me changing my job. I don't know if it starts by me staying where I'm at, making more money. I don't know. I pray that you would lead them by your spirit, God, and through community, that they'd be open-handed with their lives. That seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness would be our mantra, would be how we wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this community. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. But I confess, God, I, I like it a lot. Like, I like it so much to where um, I can forget that you're doing something bigger than, um, than what's going on in this church. You're doing something all over this city. You're doing something all over this world. And, and you want us to be open-handed with it and our eyes open to it. So, God, would you lead us? as we confess, as we repent, as we uh, accept, receive the good that you have. And I pray that you would transform everything that we do and say to be like, to give us this joy that comes from heaven and not from the stuff of this earth. So I just pray, I pray over those people in this building that are in a very, very influential places all over this city. I ask God that they would be like, give them the spirit of Daniel to be holy and pure to rock or walk rightly with you and know when to speak and when to speak God's kingdom in I pray that every day they wake up and go God your kingdom first not mine help them to lead well Lord pray for every person with ambition with what they do they want to bring you glory so badly but 
their hearts are tangled around this world, I pray they let go and seek first the kingdom and that you would transform their job to bring them true and ultimate joy in what they do. I ask that we would all feel like we're working towards, towards heaven, like we're living into it. It's a present reality. It's not something far off. It breaks into here and now. And I pray that as it happens by your spirit, God, this church would be given power and authority in this city spiritually, that when we pray, you answer and you hear us, God, that you begin to heal and set right and lead people to you, God, that you would restore spiritually and emotionally. God, we just just walk with this authority that God is with us. I pray you make this church beautiful by this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.